Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Finding Home podcast, where, as you know, when I say home is more than just the sticks and the bricks that you live in. My name is Keith, and today you're getting just me. I think I finally landed on a release schedule and how I'm going to do this. So I'm going to alternate between me yammering and talking and just kind of sharing the weird stuff that I am thinking about in terms of living here and and life in general, um, alternating that with some different interviews. So coming up, I do have some fantastic interviews with like a middle school vice principal, with an abstract artist, uh, with somebody who does a daily gratitude video journal, have some plans to interview some other people, some uh, web marketers even. So hang with me and we'll figure this thing out as we go. You know, I'm, I'm as new to this as a lot of you are. So t- today I'm feeling like getting a little bit existential and that has has a lot to do with the fact that my 20-year high school reunion is coming up. And I have kind of mixed feelings about that. One, it's high school. It's high school reunion. There's that idea between like, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? And now I kind of have to go because they asked my band that I started in high school. They asked my band to come play because they think it'll be this kind of fun nostalgia thing. They may end up disappointed in terms of (laughs) what they get. Don't get me wrong. I, I still play music with the same guys I played with in high school, but we're not exactly a cover band. So most of what we play is going to be stuff nobody's ever heard of. So either they'll have to be very, very well drunk, (laughs) or they'll just have to be open to listening to some, yeah, some, basically some punk rock they've never really listened to before. So it should be interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's that I think it's going to be really fun and cool, or if I'm just going to look like that really pathetic old dude who's still trying to be a rock star, which I kind of have have not been for a long time, as much as I love playing music. I don't really think that's going to be my profession at any time soon. But what's really got me thinking, though, is like, here I'm coming up on my 20-year reunion. I graduated, as it's 2017, I graduated in 1997. And it gets me thinking, am I, am I really that old? I've, I've spent so much time, so much of my time in my life just thinking of the 90s as 10 years ago. And to always have that reiterated that the 90s for me now was 20 plus years ago. Like we're late 90s, 20 years ago. So a lot of those memories I have as a 15, 16, 17 year old, those are memories that are, that are older than I was when I was making them. And that's kind of boggling my brain because I don't feel that much older on the inside. And and we'll get to that. The other thing that's that's kind of getting to me is, you know, I, I just turned 38. And for a lot of you, you're going to be like, that's not old. And, and it's not. But compared to 16, it really is. Right? No matter how old you get, however old you are is just going to feel older. So while I can understand that there's a lot of people out there who, who have more years on me that are going to say, oh, you got plenty of life. Of course, of course, I have plenty of life ahead of me. But... It's a weird thing to kind of wrap a brain around. And another one of those things is professionally. So when I got started in, in just real estate, when I got started flipping houses, I was really young. I was probably 23, maybe 24. And I flipped houses for a while. And then I got licensed in 2006. So I'm, I'm almost 11 years as a licensed agent. And in 2006, I would have been 27. And 
I got started as a real estate agent and as a realtor, I like straight out the gate, I was doing pretty well. I did a good number of transactions. It was, it was awesome. I'm, I'm good at this. Like it sounds stupid and it sounds like that dumb thing that real estate agents say, but I'm good at this. I've kind of always been good at it as soon as I discovered it as a, as a potential career. But where the, the difficulty comes in is when I got started, I knew what I was doing. I'd already been flipping houses for a couple of years and I would be doing these transactions and working with an agent on the other side. And almost every time when that agent found out how old I was or when they met me, they'd say something like, oh, well, that's surprising. I thought you were a lot older than you are. And I loved that. I loved that partially because it meant I was good at my job, not just good at my job in terms of dealing with my clients and helping my clients, but also in communicating with other real estate agents. Because that's really a really key point to what you do. If you're a bad communicator with other agents, you can still sell houses and help people buy houses, but you can build a bad reputation in terms of your communication style with other real estate agents. And right now the model, I don't know what the future is going to look like. I might not even, like, it might not even be a viable business model in the future, but right now it requires cooperation. And if you can't cooperate with another real estate agent and you can't communicate well with them, you, you can get a reputation, you can get a bad reputation in terms of how you do business. I don't think anybody really wants a bad reputation. That's what I say. So it kind of requires that. But I always loved that. I loved that people would say, wow, I thought you were so much older than you are. And I used to say stupid things like I give great phone and oh, it's just stupid stuff. But that doesn't really happen to me anymore. And don't get me wrong, I'm still really good at my job. But now my, my way of communicating, it's expected of someone of my age. My way of viewing the world, my way of viewing the industry, it's just expected of someone my age, somebody who's been doing this as long as I have. And that's, that's kind of hard to wrap my brain around because it's only recently, and I'm sure anybody who's older than me has kind of had this realization, but it's only recently that I realized I'm actually a, a full-on grown-up, right? <laughs> you, you look around, and I can look back over the years. I mean, I have a 12-year-old son, you know, I, <laughs> of course I'm a grown-up, but I look around things that are important to me. I look at the things that, I, that matter, the things that I have to put my attention on, the things that I'm doing. And these are all things that were just like legit grown-up things. And that kind of boggles my brain because like I said earlier, I, I don't feel older on the inside. I don't feel older on the inside. The best way I can describe it is, you know that moment, that very first moment when you wake up and you know you're awake and you're just laying there but you're still kind of sleepy? I don't think anybody ever feels older in that moment. So I think, I think that moment feels identical when you're 16 and it feels identical when you're the 36 or 38. Now, when you start to move, of course, you can often feel your age. I'm saying just in that one moment, we've just woken up, you don't have to move, you're kind of breathing in, you know you're sort of waking up, you always feel kind of timeless in that moment. And... <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it. Is I don't, I don't feel older. You know, I'm creeping up on 40 and I never thought that'd be a big deal to me because like when I turned 30, it wasn't a big deal. And now I'm kind of creeping up on 40 and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's going to be a big deal to me the closer I get to it. I mean, is there a reason that people freak out and lose it when they turn 40? Or am I going to be able to kind of think through this and understand what's going on and, and see just that, I mean, life just keeps pushing forward, right? And I, I think about how much time I've spent here, barring the two years that I was a Mormon missionary in Northern Brazil way back in the day. <laughs> of course, that's been nearly 20 years ago now too. Barring that time, I've lived here in the Salt Lake Valley my whole life. 
This is just where I've existed. Sometimes I think about that. Sometimes I think if there were opportunities lost in terms of discovering somewhere else to live, sometimes I still think like, is this where I, I want to end up? And the answer ends up still being yes. You know, like I say, everybody kind of has their Utah story. One of those interesting things to think about is that people can end up in Utah for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes we're born here. Sometimes work brings us here. Sometimes family brings us here. Sometimes even, even religion will bring people to Utah. But what I've kind of figured out is that nobody stays in Utah on accident. I don't know that many people come here and just move into a house and then they're like, and then it was 30 years later and I was just still here because uh, Utah and specifically, like I say, the Wasatch Front's an interesting place to live because it has kind of a reputation as being a certain way has a reputation of being a very conservative place. Everybody thinks the same and goes down the line. You know, everybody is just right in line and, we, and, and, that, and that we all think the same and that we all act the same and that we all do the same things. But anybody who lives here knows that's not actual reality. And you, you get kind of this idea that everybody thinks the same and looks the same and talks the same. But even amongst the people where you're trying to make that stereotype, that's not true. It's just not we're not a bunch of clones walking around because deep down, again, we're all just human people. We're all just human people and we're doing the best we can. And sometimes we do it differently than other people. But the reality is here where we live is just full of just amazing, varied types of people. I guess I bring this up because as, as the interviews roll out over the next while, you'll see that. You know, you'll see that there are people who are doing all sorts of different things. People whose journeys and whose, whose paths have led them here, who stay for all sorts of reasons. And so as, as I get older, I, I continue to think, maybe I, would, maybe I should move outside of Utah. Maybe that's something I should do. But the more I think about it, the less I think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure I'm a lifer. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to travel. That doesn't mean I don't understand what it is to, to exist in other spaces. Um, you know, I, I did do the whole, I lived in northern Brazil for two years. Um, I just spent some time down in Haiti. I'm planning on going back down there uh, sometime early next year. Like, there's a lot of different things that I can do in terms of understanding the world and seeing the world. But at the end of the day, I like living here. And so even if that means I've spent these last 38 years in a place where I just ended up out of luck, as it shakes out, I love it. You know, this is home to me. And, and whether that's because I know what to expect, or whether that's just because I happen to be wired for the area, I don't know. I really don't. This is where my life is. And I don't like it here. I do. As difficult as it could be sometimes being somebody who stands just outside of the, the perceived majority. So I don't know what to do with that. You know, I'm, <laughs> I feel old, but I know I'm not old. At the same time, I feel like I relate with people who are older than me more and more. And the older I get, the more um, that wisdom that comes with age makes more sense. And the more I, I realize... I think that feeling of not feeling old on the inside, I think that's a universal. My friend's dad, who I want to say is 74, he always says something, and he's been saying it for years. I've been friends with, with this family since I was very young. And he says, I keep looking in the mirror and thinking, when did my dad's face show up in the mirror? 
And I think everybody kind of feels that way. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, somewhere in there underneath the, the laugh lines and the creases and the, the gray beard and, and all of that, somewhere underneath there, there's that kid, that, that 17, 18 year old kid who's still peering out from behind my eyeballs. So, well, yeah, I'm older. I mean, and, and to be fair, I'm in better shape now in my late 30s than I ever was in my 20s. But I am older. And, and I guess I just have to embrace that because it gets, it gets too hard if you try and fight it. Right? Like, I'm going to continue to try and do healthy things. Um, in, my, in my newsletter this month, and if you want the newsletter, let me know. You can just email me. I have a new email address for the podcast for now. It's just findinghomepodcast at gmail.com. Email me your name and your address, and I'll send you the newsletter because that's the thing. In the newsletter this month, I have this bit about that I'm afraid of robots. And this, again, has to do with the aging thing is that there's every possibility that somebody alive today is going to be the first person to live to be 115, 120 because of medical advances. And whether that's nanotechnology or whether that's pharmaceuticals or what have you, we don't know. To me, the idea of being a cyborg, you know, half robot with nanotechnology or what have you, that's a, that's a weird concept for me to, to play around with in my brain because on the one hand, I'd love to go at it $6 million man style, right? Be able to jump higher and run faster and, and not get tired. But on the other hand, where, do, where does that leave my humanity? I mean, what exactly is it that makes us human? And so as I get older, I think more about these things. Because even as I get older, you know, as I might hit uh, 60, 70, 80 years old, I don't know what's going to be available to me in terms of making my life easier as I get older. I don't know what's going to be available in terms of anti-aging medicine, whether it's, again, pharmaceutical or some kind of nanotechnology. I don't know when that's going to happen because there's going to be a domino tip. And at some point that we're going to figure one thing out and that's just going to explode. And so I don't know. Sometimes I feel like my generation might be the last generation to have to fear death before we're 100. But what does it look like to live to be 150 or 200 or 300 or 400 years old? At what point do your memories not make sense when you get that old? So I, like I said, I get conflicted because I feel old and I know I'm, everybody's kind of on this long slog towards, I don't even want to call it a slog because I love life, but everybody's on this path to the end of life, but it's, all, it's always the same result. You know, as a kid, you don't think about how life is going to shake out, but life shakes out the same for everybody eventually. But what if that wasn't the case? And that's something I talk about in the newsletter. Again, if you want to get the newsletter, it's a paper newsletter. I send it out like old person mail. Just email me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com. Findinghomepodcast at gmail.com. Hooray! And I'll get it to you. I'll just get you added to the list. It goes out every month by the 17th. It's just my stupid stories. So if you like listening to me talk, maybe you'll like reading what I have to say as well. But getting old is weird. And that kind of came full circle as I went to a gathering at the place I want to talk about today. So when I do these solo podcasts, I still want to talk about different places along the Wasatch Front, places that may exist still, places that maybe don't exist anymore. This place still exists, and I think it's going to exist as long as a civilization exists in Salt Lake City. So recently I had my buddy Creed. He decided that he wanted to get a lot of uh, the old high school friends together. And these are high school friends that, that go beyond grades, right? Like these guys were a year 
year younger than me in high school, but then I also had friends who were a year older than me in high school. There's these bridges between age groups in this particular group of friends. And Creed decided he wanted to get everybody together because he hadn't seen everybody in a while. And it was really cool to see, especially a lot of people that I don't see very often. I mean, I do have some friends that I've been friends with since middle school that I, I still see all the time. I see, I see Ben and I see TJ. These are guys that I play music with. I see them all the time, comparatively speaking. And some of the guys I saw at this thing guys I haven't seen in 10 or 15 years. So it was really cool to see them. But where it happened was at Liberty Park in Salt Lake. And Liberty Park's kind of an interesting place because the further you live from Liberty Park, the more I think you have the idea that it's just where all the homeless people live <laughs> and walk through and, and hang out at. And while sure, yeah, there's going to be homeless people, you know, they exist. And, and I'm, I, I really want to get somebody on the podcast that I know to talk about that because I think homelessness is hugely misunderstood. But to be fair, Liberty Park is a really cool place, you know, and I think we, we take for granted that we have so many city parks. I was just, I was just recently listening to uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast called Revisionist History, and he was talking about these golf courses in Los Angeles County, and he was making the comparison that Los Angeles County really doesn't have any city parks. And that just, oh, that just, that boggled my brain. Cause like I have a park, I have two parks within walking distance of my house. And when I say walking distance, I don't mean like half a mile. I mean like three blocks and there's a park and four blocks. There's another park. And to live in a place that wouldn't have that green space or place where I could take my family and, and hang out and have my kids play. That's just, it's crazy to me. And here we have in the middle of Salt Lake city, this big park that's just got all this different stuff. I mean, there's the pond, there's the Tracy aviary, there's a swimming pool there. And then there's the park itself. And you can just find a picnic table set up. You can bring a barbecue grill and grill some burgers and some hot dogs and just hang out at the park. There's plenty of space and room to do things. There's several different kinds of swing sets and playgrounds and water features. There's this fantastic a uh, little water feature that has all the different canyons represented that exist there on the east side of the valley. Like, this is a really cool place. And it's a place I don't feel like, especially like myself living at the south end of the valley, I don't feel like I take advantage of some of the things that are available. And I really don't think that I've taken good enough advantage of a place like Liberty Park. Now, to me, <laughs> the coolest thing at Liberty Park is a place called Youth City. And I really want to get uh, my buddy John, who runs Youth City, uh, in Liberty Park there on the podcast as well, because that's such a cool program. And I think there are just these things like that, things like Youth City, things like even there are people who probably don't know Tracy Aviary even exists. You know, here are these things that, that we have, we have them in our own backyard and, and we tend to not make use of them. I would, I would like to anyhow. So I just, Liberty Park is, is, is a pretty cool place. And I think given an opportunity, you probably ought to go back and check it out. If you haven't been there since you were a kid, or if you feel like you're just going to get mugged, it's really not that kind of place. Um, it tends to just be full of people who are trying to enjoy the park. And isn't that what everybody kind of wants from our city spaces or from our public spaces? It's just to be able to go and enjoy them. You know, go enjoy something a little different. A lot of the parks out here, again, at the south end of the valley, they, they've got some trees, but they're not like big mature trees. When you go to Liberty Park, there are these big, beautiful trees. There's shade everywhere. It's just comfortable. The whole place is a very comfortable place. And I think if you go, you give it another shot if you've, if you've been too uh, removed from it. Give it a shot. So it's a pretty hip place. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> I think I 
went a little bit longer than I anticipated I was going to go with this particular topic. But, uh, I mean, talk to me. I mean, email me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com. And let's, let's talk. If you have any thoughts about this, or if you'd like to be on the podcast or know somebody who'd like to be on the podcast, hit me up. Uh, there are a million places to find me. So you can email me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Finding Home Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Finding Home Podcast. I really don't have much on Instagram yet, but we're, we're working on it. Come like the Facebook page. Subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. If you want to leave a review, please do. That would be fantastic. But there's a million different ways to find me. Hit me up. Like I said, if you want to be on the podcast or if you just kind of want to talk about anything that I've said today, if you disagree with me, let me know. If you agree with me, you can let me know. And even if you disagree with me, you want to come on the podcast and, and argue your point. Let's do that. Let's do that. That just, I love that idea. So if at any point I say something where you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Let me know. Let me know. Come on the podcast and we'll discuss it. And we'll try to discuss it as um, civilly as possible because I think these discussions, they tend not to change people's minds, but I really do want to understand other people's points of view. That'll do it for this time. We will talk to you next time. Uh, coming up next, it's going to be in two weeks. So I'm on an every other week release schedule. So in two weeks is going to be an interview I had with Dixie Garrison, who is the principal of West Jordan Middle School, talking about public education and maybe some of the misconceptions we as the general public might have about public education. Because I, I think there are some misunderstandings. I think the public and some of these public services, I think the wires get crossed in terms of A, what they actually do, B, how much funding they actually have access to, and and C, what we as parents, in particular with public schools, are expecting of these teachers, of these educators. So it was a really fantastic conversation. I'm super excited about that one. So that's coming up in two weeks, but for now, we will talk to you next time. 